same day, when the eve was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in a ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he, and he, Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amen. Verse 39 says, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And tonight I want to talk to us just for a little bit on this subject tonight. Blessings in the storm. Amen. Amen. Why don't we lift our hands and ask God's power, His anointing, His presence to be with us in this place tonight. We love you, Jesus. Lord, we ask your glory. We ask your power. We ask your anointing be manifested in this sanctuary, God. Speak to our hearts, our minds, and our spirits, Lord. Touch my lips of clay so I can speak your word in Jesus' name. Let your anointing and let your power be manifested in this place. Hallelujah. Why don't we give God the best praise that we can give him for a moment? We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Before you're seated, step across the aisle. Shake somebody's hand. Tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord tonight. say again how thankful I am to have my mom with me this week. Amen. We're going to 
take her uh, home tomorrow, take her back to meet Nick, and Brother Nick and Sandra, and uh, we've enjoyed our time with her, amen, and uh, thankful to see Sister Wallace again, amen. In life, we will all face storms. How many know that? No one is exempt to them. How many know that? Storms come in from many different sources. Some storms are caused by others. Some storms are made by ourselves. And some storms are ordained by God. Amen. And uh, Storms test our character. And they reveal where our faith lies. And uh, I want God to, to, to test my character sometimes. I want him to prove my faith. Uh, I, I want to be able to show him that, uh, Brother Paul, even though things are not going as well as I would want them or things are not going my way, Brother Zachary, that my faith can be tested and I can still be strong in God. Hallelujah. And uh, we all know that if everything went our way all the time, why would we need God anyway? If we could take care of all of our problems by ourselves, why would we need God anyway? And uh, I'm thankful that, that there are times that, that there are storms that are ordained. And that's what I want us to focus on tonight. Because uh, we could think about storms that are caused by other people. We could think about... Storms that are made by ourself, by choices that we make. But, but I prefer the God-ordained storms because God-ordained storms has an end to them. God-ordained storm has a purpose to them. God-ordained storm has a, a, a principle that is connected to them. And if I can make it through a God-ordained storm, hallelujah, I'm going to be stronger. And He's going to teach me some things. Hallelujah. I want, I want God to teach me. I don't know about you. But uh, sometimes I'm, I'm hard-headed. Sometimes uh, I'm a know-it-all. Sometimes... Uh, my wife reminds me that uh, um, I think I'm right most of the time. <laughs> uh, that's how most of us really are. Amen. Uh, I'm not the only one that uh, would bear those characteristics and possible flaws, but uh, I want God to be able to teach me. I want to have a teachable spirit. I want to have a humble heart. I want to have a a contrite spirit that when God ordains something in my life, when God puts something there, and it's hard for us to understand. I want us to pause for a minute. It's hard to us for us to understand sometimes uh, uh, the difference between uh, these storms that I've mentioned. It's hard to uh, us to understand uh, the storms that are caused by others and the storms that we have uh, made ourselves and and, and, and determine whether it's a God-ordained storm or not. Sometimes those storms that are caused by others, maybe we need to go to them and we need to make some things right with them. So we got to 
We got to determine that in our life. Sometimes when we are uh, facing a storm that's caused by ourself, sometimes we got to look in the mirror and say, I got to change some things. I'm not doing everything just right, and there's some things that I could do better in, and not, I could have a better attitude and a better spirit, and I could have a better demeanor, and I could, I could do these things better. It's hard sometimes for us to see these the difference in these, but when these storms come that are God-ordained, this is what we've got to do, whether it's from a, 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 a somebody else or by our own hand or God-ordained, we've got to pray regardless and say, God, is this from you? Are you trying to teach me something? Are you trying to show me something? Or is there just some things in my life that I've got to clean up and I've got to get right? Amen. Because we're going to be tested. Our faith will be tested. It will be tested by others. It will be tested by the enemy. And it will be tested by God. And, and, and when it's tested by others, when it's tested by the enemy, and especially when it's tested by God, I want to get an A on the top of my report card. I want God to say, you've done well and you have passed the test. Hallelujah. How many wanted to be like that? And sometimes those God-ordained storms just repeat in our life because we never learn the lesson God wants us to. My wife, Sister Mahaney, will often say, God, let me really learn really quick so I can get through this. So I can learn what you're trying to show me. Storms test our character and they reveal where our faith lies. But we can have hope because there are blessings that are in the storm. How many believe that? Amen. That sounds kind of like an oxymoron, doesn't it? How many knows what that is? That's like putting, uh, when you put two words together um, that uh, have an opposite meaning and, they, and you try to join them together. And uh, it's kind of like you say, uh, uh, government intelligence. That's, a, that's an oxymoron. Um, you know what I'm talking about. So, so, so when we, we hear that there are blessings in the storm, we just kind of don't think those things go together. Those aren't two, that, that, that's not something that, uh, uh, that calculates very well in our brain. But I want us to understand that there are blessings that come through storms that we face in our lives. Amen. And the disciples were about to learn this. In Mark chapter 4, the disciples find themselves in a storm. They had got there because they had been commanded by God to go on the other side. Get in your boat and we're going to journey to the other side. And suddenly a storm came to them without warning. And once again, Jesus wanted to show them, even though storms can come, that there will be blessings in the storms that come. We must understand that the disciples, they were, uh, they were fishermen. 
when the storm started, no doubt they began to go through the protocols of the storm. Let down the sails. Keep your oars in the water. Get a firm uh, hand on the rudder. Uh, uh, point your uh, uh, vessel in the right direction so it can hit the crest of the waves and it will not capsize. Let's do our best to keep water out of the boat. Let's do everything that we can. They, No doubt they, they had all those things going on. And that kind of sounds like us a lot of times. When storms come, we often feel pretty good about how we can keep everything in check. We feel pretty good about all the resources that are available to us, our experience that we have, the things that we draw from, just like the disciples did. We keep our, our uh, we let ourselves down. We keep our oars in the water. We, we keep our hand on the wa- uh, rudder. We try to do everything that we can to keep water out of the boat. But sometimes our best abilities do not help us. Sometimes our best resources become a hindrance to us. Sometimes the knowledge and the things that we think are going to help us and relying on our own strength and relying on our own ability, that just somehow gets us way off track. Hallelujah. I don't want to rely on my own strength. I don't want to rely on my own resources. It's not about my job or my home or my bank account or my family. I I can't think that uh, when I get in trouble, I can can, uh, do everything within my own ability, my own resources to find a way out. That's not what we do in the storm. We learn the lesson in the storm that uh, it's not relying on ourselves. It's not relying on our stuff. It's not relying on the things that we have collected. It's not relying on our talent or our resources. It's our dependency on God that helps us through the storm. Hallelujah. I believe that's the greatest lesson that we will learn and that we can learn regardless of what it is. A loss of a job, a loss of a home, a loss of a loved one. Uh, bad news from the doctor, our car breaking down, our children going to hell in a handbasket. Whatever it may be, I believe that if we will put our dependency on God in these situations, hallelujah. In the storm, we need to give it to Jesus. In the storm, we need to let him have control. In the storm, this is an opportunity. This is what Jesus was trying to teach his disciples. And he tries to teach us that storms will give us an opportunity to grow closer to him. Amen. It's funny how we don't pray as much when we got a lot of money in the bank. It's funny how we don't pray enough when we go to the doctor and he says, man, you got the health of a 25-year-old and you're 60. (laughs) It's funny how we don't pray as much when our kids are not calling us in crisis and tribulation and things going on. 
But somehow, when all these things start taking place, that's when we can find a prayer closet. And that's when we begin to pray. Hallelujah. What would it be if we would learn that in a storm we can draw closer to Him, but we would also learn that regardless of whether we're in a storm or not, we still get closer to Him. Because most of the time what happens when we draw closer to Him in the storm, when the storm is over, we draw back to where we were before. I want to go closer to Him. If I go through a trial and a tribulation and this is my opportunity to grow and get closer to Him, I want to stay closer to Him and I want to use this as a catalyst not to drift away when everything's going my way, but when things are going my way, to up my praise, to pray more than I ever have, to worship more than I ever have, to give more than I ever have, hallelujah, because it's the storm that's going to teach us. There were 13 men in the ship. One was sleeping, Jesus. Four were professional fishermen. And the other were just along for the ride. They were probably not real worried at first. They knew Jesus was there. They knew Peter, James and John and, 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 and so on were fishermen. And... Uh, they thought to themselves, no doubt, it's probably going to be okay. They thought this is not their first storm. I'm sure they will get us to the other side. And I've never been uh, uh, to Israel, to the Middle East, but they tell me on the Sea of Galilee that those storms can rise very quickly. On a calm day. On a beautiful day, uh, when everything is just going right, that, that all of a sudden they can find themselves, the seas will begin to swell and the water will begin to rise and the wind will begin to blow. They say it happens instantly. Amen. And even though it happened instantly, somehow they probably thought, I'm not real worried because I've got people in my boat that are going to help me and it's probably going to be okay. Then the storm began to turn. It became greater than what they anticipated. The water was rougher and the seas were higher and the swells were even more than what they had ever seen. And the scripture says it like this, that it didn't take a moment, the waves and the wind began to beat upon the ship and it didn't take a moment that it was now full. What was it full of? Water. So they started to panic. Their strength, thinking that Peter, James and John and the fishermen we're going to help them out, was now turned into desperation 
and they did not know what to do. As I began to think about this, it began to dawn on me, this is sometimes how we are. In the storms of life, we look at people around us and we think to ourselves, well, Sister Adele's going to be praying. This one's going to be praying. This one's going to help me. I can call the pastor. Now, don't get me wrong. We know that the strong are supposed to bear the infirmity of the weak. Uh, we think that those that are around us are going to save us just like they thought possibly that Peter, James, and John and the fishermen were going to save them. It's in the storm that we find out that we must live on our own faith. It's in the storm that we find out that we have to live on our own walk with God. It's in the storm that our relationship with God is the one that's going to save us and going to help us and not anyone else's. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for you that pray for me. I'm thankful that we have a church that strengthens one another. I'm thankful that those things happen. Brother Swift sent me a message and it touched my heart and when he had this episode uh, uh, Saturday Sunday night he said he said this I, I could not uh, move and I could not respond but he said this I could hear sister Mahaney praying for me yeah. I'm thankful that we have those that pray for us but what happens when we can't get a hold of a brother or a sister or a loved one? We can't send out a mass text message and we can't send out a, an, an, an alert to the church and we can't get a hold of the pastor sometimes. And what do we do in that storm? That's when our faith has to be solid. That's when our walk with God has to be true. That's when our relationship with Him has to be uh, based and founded on more than uh, just religion, but relationship. And we have to love Him and trust Him. Because it's in the storm that we learn to trust God for ourselves. It's in the storm that we can stand on our own faith, on our own two spiritual feet, on our own walk with God. Amen. Someone said it's not so much what happens to us in the storm, but what happens to us through the storm. I want God to change me. In the storm. I want to learn from the process. I want God's word. And I want God's principles. And I want the things that he's trying to teach me. To become powerful. Because my faith has to be strong. My walk with God has to be strong. Your relationship with God has to be strong. We can't always depend on somebody else. In the storm... We learn to trust God, and I'm thankful that we can because we can become closer to God in the storm. 
The disciples came to the point in the storm when they knew that their own skills could not save them. Their own resources could not help them. Their own talent was not enough. And the only thing they could do was wake up Jesus. Why didn't they do that in the first place? Why didn't they just wake up the master? Why didn't they just plead with them to help them? We find the answer in Mark chapter 4 in the last part when they say, uh, uh, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. You say they, they, they did not understand who he was. He asked them, why are you fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? It was because they did not understand who he was and what he could do in their life. Hallelujah. I want to understand who he is. I want to understand what he can do in my life. Hallelujah. Their talent, their skills, their resources were not enough. And the only thing that could save them was Jesus. Somebody said this, great success often comes after great affliction. Paul would put it like this, no pain, no gain. But we want the success without the affliction. Brother Trent Sharon said it a couple weeks ago. We want, the, we want the pill that we wake up and, you know, we're 50 pounds lighter. We don't want to put in the work. But our success in God is often attached to our affliction. We want the great calm. But the calm cannot be fully appreciated without the storm. If we want the water to be sweeter, we have to taste bitter water. If we want manna from heaven, first we have to be hungry. If we want fire to fall from heaven and consume things around us, we must build an altar and we must make a sacrifice. We must pay the price. And sometimes it comes from hardships. Sometimes it comes from trials and tribulations. Sometimes it comes from storms uh, by others, by ourselves, and some that are ordained of God. But without this affliction... We cannot be refined or defined. That's why the scripture says that we come forth as what? Gold tried in the fire. Pure gold will only be pure when the fire is put to it. And you will only be pure. You will only be refined. You will only have great success. If there is some fire, some affliction that is added to your life. Hallelujah. And if it takes a storm to get me closer to God, 
I want the storm. If it takes a trial to get me closer to God, I want the trial. If it takes affliction so that I can have success in the kingdom of God, I will take the affliction. The Apostle Paul said, I joy, I gladly joy in affirmities. He joyed in suffering because he knew this was going to bring him closer in his relationship with God. Hallelujah. Storms bring us to our knees. Storms bring us closer to God. Storms give us an opportunity to grow. These are lessons that we have to learn in our spiritual walk with Him. Hallelujah. I don't want to bypass them. I don't want to pass go and get my $200 and skip everything else. I don't want to get out of jail free card without having to go through a little trial and tribulation. Hallelujah. Because it's in these things that I'm going to grow. It's in these things you are going to get closer to God. It's in these things that causes us to go to our knees. And when we go to our knees, please stay on your knees. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep fasting. Don't stop being faithful. Don't stop giving. Don't stop praying. Don't stop doing the things just because the storm is over. Let this be a catalyst to change something in your life. If we want to hear Jesus say, peace be still. We have to have the storm. Hallelujah. So this is what the Lord simply wanted us to understand tonight. Let the storm be an opportunity to grow. We can always learn and we can always understand and we can always be more dependent on God. Let this be an opportunity for us to get closer to God. Any chance that we can get closer to God, we need to take it. Let the storm bring us to our knees and when we're on our knees that's where we are strongest hallelujah because in life we will all face storms no one is exempt from them they will test our character they will reveal our faith they will tell us where we put our hope and our trust in regardless we must get a hold of the fact that Jesus is in control of every, every storm in our lives. We need to get a hold of the fact that He is God. And He don't need my help. He's doing a good job by Himself. And we need to get a hold of the fact that he possesses all power and authority. And he loves us. And so he gives that power and authority to our disposal because he loves us. And we must get a hold of the fact that we can trust him fully and completely in the storm. 
in the storm, God will speak peace. And there will be blessings in the storm. How many believe that? I wish we'd stand tonight and lift our hands and give God a little bit of praise in this place.